Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 11th of November, which is the 315th day of 2019. A mere 50 days are ahead of us before we begin 2020. Today, Mercury, the innermost planet of our solar system, will transit the Sun, meaning, to our view, Mercury will pass directly in front of the Sun. As seen through telescopes with solar filters, Mercury will appear as a small black dot crossing the Sun's face. Although the most recent transit of Mercury across the Sun was only three years ago, the next one will not occur until 2032. Mercury, of course, is the Latin rendition of the Greek Hermes, the messenger god, the trickster, the shapeshifter, the one with the winged cap, the winged shoulders, the winged heels, the aerodynamic deity who carried a staff that had wings at the top and had two snakes winding around the staff, their heads looking at one another. The United States would adopt a symbol much resembling Hermes' staff to signify its U.S. Army Medical Service Corps, and the symbol would be referred to as a caduceus and frequently confused with the rod of Asclepius. The caduceus factored into my upbringing early on. From my earliest memories, I remember my father wearing the symbol of the caduceus, either in the form of a shoulder patch or a lapel pin or both, on his U.S. Army uniforms. A few years before I was born, he had made the switch from the Army's armored cavalry to the Medical Service Corps, believing he might prolong his life while striving to continue collecting the steady paycheck that he had become accustomed to working for Uncle Sam since the end of World War II. In the Pacific Theater during the closing days of World War II, he had been the sole survivor of an enemy grenade being lobbed through the open hatch of a tank he had been riding in. So by the time the Korean War was heating up, he had become an ambulance driver in the Medical Service Corps. The perils of war continued to accompany him, however, when one day, on the way back to the MASH unit he had been assigned to near the DMZ in Korea, the ambulance he was driving was blown off the road by a mortar round exploding slightly behind the vehicle. My mother and he corresponded by mail every day, but he had not mentioned the incident, and my mother, who had had a dream picturing the event, had not mentioned her dream either for fear of unsettling him during his war zone experiences. Only when he had returned home to the States did my mother mention her dream and my father relate his accident involving the ambulance he had been driving on a mountain road in Korea. Today is Veterans Day, which the website defense.gov tells us carries no apostrophe because the holiday is not a day that belongs to any one veteran or multiple veterans, which is what an apostrophe would imply. Rather, it's a day for honoring all veterans. The origins of Veterans Day are entwined with those of Remembrance Day, celebrated in countries to mark the anniversary of the end of World War I, that war once known as the War to End All Wars, the Great War in which major hostilities formerly ended at the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month of 1918. This semester at the University of Maine Honors College, eight students and I have been twice weekly engaging in the topic, The Art of Making War, 
beginning with some of the civilization's earliest accounts in the legends of Inanna. For surely, with Inanna's dagger and sword and Achilles' shield, Western civilization presents the beginnings of its bellicose nature. To the east, a few centuries after Homer, Sun Tzu would be composing his 13-chapter treatise, The Art of War, which would influence Asian and European military thinking with myriad bits of universal advice, such as keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Numerous classical texts, including Homer's Iliad and Odyssey, the Torah, the Bhagavad Gita, Pericles' funeral oration, Virgil's Aeneid, Vitruvius's on architecture, the Holy Quran, Leonardo's notebooks, and Machiavelli's The Prince have served as excellent sources in the tutorial from which to launch further investigations into the art of making war. We have explored the evolution of warfare and weaponry, and the question of whether a just war is possible, a concept Aquinas entertains. As well, we have examined the symbiosis that has existed between the military and the means of production from ancient to modern times, between, for example, any given government and the private manufacturers of armaments and munitions. And we have discovered that anyone paying taxes, in other words, anyone being a good citizen, implacably participates in the art of making war. Ultimately, then, through examining and discussing selections in various genres, especially literature, music, and film, we have determined what extent our society has participated in the development of the U.S. military-industrial complex. The who, what, when, where, why, and how involved in shaping not only 21st century America, but also the world. Today, fittingly, is the birthday of George Patton, Jr., General of the United States Army, who commanded the U.S. 7th Army in the Mediterranean Theater of World War II and the U.S. 3rd Army in France following D-Day. Today is also the birthday of Demi Moore, the actress who has played a military veteran in the 1997 film G.I. Jane. From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Here's to remembering our veterans, not only today on Veterans Day, but throughout the year as well. <laughs>